My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music to the cast to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce. My name is Dulce Valencia. I am your host and welcome to the podcast all about telenovelas. Today we are going to continue our recap of the 1998 classic La Usurpadora. In this episode I'm going to be talking to you all about episodes 11 through 25 of La Usurpadora. As always if you're interested in watching along with me you can watch this telenovela on Univision Now. It is a subscription service and you pay $10.99 a month and you get to see this telenovela along with a bunch of other amazing ones. There are some ads, just be warned. And with that, I think we're just going to get started on this recap. Oh, real fast though. So I know that I have a lot of Sebastian Rulli fans out there listening to this podcast. Hello, that's me. I love him. And it was just confirmed last week that he has a new telenovela. And his new telenovela is going to be a remake of Los Ricos También Lloran. If you do not know, Los Ricos... La, 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 I can't talk today. If you do not know, Los Ricos También Lloran is a classic telenovela. It's part of Televisa's Fabrica de Sueños initiative, the anthology series where they're remaking a bunch of the old classics. And he is gonna be in a new telenovela, which makes me super excited and also in awe of his work ethic because he just finished recording Vencer el Pasado, where he was the antagonist slash protagonist. I'm not sure. I haven't watched it because it hasn't premiered in the United States yet, but he is keeping himself booked and busy, and I hope that I can cover the remake down the line on this podcast or on my YouTube channel. But that's just a little bit of news that's happening in the telenovela world. So without further ado, let's get started on recapping La Usurpadora episodes 11 through 25. Last we left off, Paulina had just gotten a call from Luciano, who knows that she's not really Paola Bracho, and he was going to threaten her and expose her secret. So... Paulina gets all upset and flustered and she's like, oh my god, Dios mío, I have to, I have to go confront this man. So she does, they meet up at this, ca at this like coffee shop, cafe, and he tells her that he wants money and he wants one million dollars and that, you know, that'll be enough to keep him quiet for now. And she's like, I'm not giving you any money because one, that's not my money and two, I, I don't have that money. And he tells her then that Paola Bracho is dead. And so all her money is basically hers now. And then Paulina is very shocked because this is the first she's heard that Paola Bracho is dead. Uh, she hasn't gotten any more calls from her. So she hasn't heard from Paola in a while. But she also didn't know that she was dead. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know that Paola really isn't dead. She just had an accident. But Luciano doesn't know this and Paulina doesn't know this. So then Paulina leaves him and then she has like this emotional crisis where she realizes that she might have to be Paola Bracho for the rest of her life. And so she gets really upset 
And she also, I don't know if I see this in her or maybe I'm just projecting what I see, but I feel like she almost accepts it because at this point she loves the kids, she loves the Vracho family, and most importantly, she loves Carlos Daniel. So she's kind of seeing this as her opportunity to stay in their lives. However, that being said, she has come up with all these issues with them being like, we miss the old Paola, we miss her and her alegría, you're too serious and we don't like you, and this new Paola isn't it. And so she's kind of grappling with those two ideas. And so now knowing or believing, because again, Paola isn't dead, but now believing that Paola is dead kind of frees her in a bit. And she's determined that however long she's able to stay with the Brachos, she's going to change them for the better. And so let's let's get into the Bracho family because they're a hot mess and there's all these problems. And most of the problems center around La Fabrica Bracho. So La Fabrica Bracho is a ceramics fabrica and they've been struggling. Last episode, their workers were threatening to go on strike and then Paulina was able to motivate them and make them not go on strike and get back to work. But there's still a lot of problems. And all the problems are caused because the Bracho men, who are supposed to be running this factory, are complete pushovers. And they have basically given up on helping or doing anything that might save the fabrica. And it's been mentioned a lot throughout the telenovela that these men just don't have the courage of previous Bracho family members. And they're just okay with letting everything go downhill. And sure enough, you would think that if you're trying to save your business, your first instinct is, let's try to get more business. But no, they hadn't even considered going and talking to people and being like, hey, will you buy our ceramics? So then Paulina takes it upon herself because all of a sudden, Paulina is a businesswoman and she is determined that she's going to save the factory. So with the backing of Abuela Piedad, Paulina goes to the province, I don't know how to say the word, provincias? So she goes around to neighboring states and neighboring cities, and she starts to ask all these former buyers of the Bracho family, and she starts to ask them, you know, do you want to buy our products? And they're all like, no, they're too expensive. And so then she's like, okay, so if we made cheaper products that aren't as good quality as you're used to, would you buy them? And they're all like, yeah, of course we would. So (laughs) I couldn't with this whole sequence because that just, that's just common sense, right? But none of these men were able to figure this out or try. And so it takes Paulina going and traveling outwards and meeting these people and just asking them for her to get back their business. And so then she comes back to the Bracho family fabrica and she's like, okay, y'all, we got to get serious about production. So we're going to hire more people to do the packaging. And then we're also going to start doing cheaper, cheaper ceramics and people are going to buy them. 
And so everyone's all impressed with her and they're all like, oh my God, she saved us all. She is doing the Lord's work. Everyone is impressed by her, except Rodrigo, who's the eldest bracho, and he just does not like her and he leaves the fabrica because Paulina's working there now and he's determined that he's not going to spend any time under the same roof with her. So he leaves and Paulina takes over. But before he leaves, there is a moment where him and Carlos Daniel decide that they're going to try to get the $2 million they need to save the fabrica and get it from a rich millionaire recluse named Douglas Maldonado, who is a very sickly young man who lives in Cuernavaca and is surrounded by dogs and is just a recluse. So they go and they march their way into the house. And this is the about the bravest thing they've done, this entire telenovela. So they go and immediately are kicked out by Douglas Maldonado's dogs. So then they feel humiliated and they're like, we're never going to that man. That man is crazy. So then Paulina hears about this and she's like, wait a minute. So you're telling me there's this man who has all this money that can save us and you just left? And so she takes it upon herself and shows up to Douglas Maldonado's mansion. And of course, he's not interested in seeing her, but she doesn't give up. And she keeps yelling and yelling and yelling until finally he opens the door and he sees her and immediately is like, oh, my God, this woman, she looks just like her. And obviously, we don't know who her is, but that's enough to get her through the door. So then once she's in, she's like, I need $2 million and I need you to lend it to me and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I don't know if it's if it's your bravery or if it's your looks, but I'm going to see what I can do. So he doesn't promise the money, but it's basically the best they've got. And so then Paulina leaves and she's all excited and she tells everyone. And again, everyone's impressed by her. But y'all, literally all she had to do was ask and also a good dose of pretty privilege because literally the only reason that man let her into his house was because she's pretty and she looks like someone from his past and then it's going to be mentioned a couple more times because we are going to see more of Douglas Maldonado and it's mentioned that she looks just like this woman from his past who had a different name and so I forget what the name is, but it's definitely not Paola or Paulina, which I initially... My initial thoughts is that the, the woman from his past is Paola Bracho before she became Paola Bracho. And even his his uh, mayordomo, his like right-hand man, tells him, yeah, she looks just like her, but I always thought that that woman wasn't saying who she really was, and this woman could be her twin. And so the word twin gets tossed around a lot throughout these few episodes which again fuels the theory that Paola and Paulina are twins separated by birth or something. If you remember when Paulina's mom died she left a letter. That letter has been nowhere to be found. We still don't know how Paulina and Paola are related and why they look alike but I know for sure it's not random. And so then Paulina is renewed with energy because she's like, I'm just gonna, I about secured this $2 million loan. And sure enough, a few days later, Douglas Maldonado calls the Bracho family and asks for all this stuff. And he's like, you know what, this is crazy, but I'm gonna 
loan you all the two million dollars and everyone's all happy and everyone's thanking paola and or paulina but but you know everyone thinks she's paola so everyone's being like oh my god that woman she saved us all and then another thing that paulina does is she saves a bracho family from a bad business deal because initially before they got the loan they were trying to get money from any ways necessary and so the government offers to buy off a piece of land from them that they need to build a highway. And the Bracho family is like, yes, we'll sell it. But initially, the government offers them like a tiny amount of money, not anywhere near what it's worth. And so the Bracho men are all like, yeah, let's just sell it. You know, they say it's not worth that much. Let's just do it. And then Paulina is like, no, we're going to ask for more money because this piece of land is worth it. And I bet you anything that that man is lowballing you all so he can pocket the rest of the money. So then she goes to this government official and is like, we're not selling you anything unless you up the price. And he's like, oh, no, this price is final. And then she takes Abuela Piedad with her and she's like, well, if this is the best you can do, I'm going to speak to your superiors. And then finally, that man is like, oh, oh, okay, let me see what I can do. And then he calls them and is like, and doubles the initial offer. So Paulina is proven right. And this man was just going to pocket the rest of the money, which again goes to show you all how weak willed these Bracho family businessmen are, where they literally just didn't ask for more money. They were just like, okay, we'll sell it for you for that much. And that's literally their biggest problem is they just don't ask. So I I found it really hard throughout watching these episodes to be on Paulina's side because, yeah, she's a baddie and I love her and I love Gabby's panic. But also, and I don't know if it's also because this was filmed in the 90s, but just seeing it all play out and everyone's like impressed by her when she literally does the bare minimum and gets by with pretty privilege. I, I just found her actions lacking and I feel like the writers could have done a better job at showcasing what Paulina is doing and how she's actually transforming things and then make, and us seeing her directly be savvier. But again, when the bar is so low because of the Bracho Man, I also understand why Paulina doing the bare minimum is literally just enough. So yeah. So then that's the Fabrica storyline so far. So basically, the biggest thing that happens is Douglas Maldonado's character is introduced and he gives them the money. So as I mentioned, everyone was really happy because now that this means that the Fabrica is more likely to be saved except that everyone's being all suspicious because Paulina got this money and and they're kind of implying that she only got this money because she offered Douglas Maldonado something else. Hint, hint. Very much implying that she, like, seduced him or something. And so Carlos Daniel in specific is like, oh, this isn't gonna look right. My wife over here is securing loans. And this is where I want to talk to you all about Carlos Daniel Bracho as a character. Because y'all, I watched this telenovela when I was a young lad, a young girl, and all I remember is loving Fernando Colunga. And maybe that's me. Maybe maybe that was just pretty privileged because Fernando Colunga is just fine wine and maybe I was just infatuated and in love by him. But his character sucks. 
And I do not remember his character being this bad when I initially watched it. Again, I initially watched it when I was like four years old. So don't trust my memory. But he literally is such a horrible character. One, he's a complete pushover. But two, he is also a cheater. And that is where I draw the line. Because he's constantly being like, oh, Paola, Paola this, Paola that. And there's a moment where everyone's trying to make him doubt Paola and being like, she cheats on you, she cheats on you. Which, yes, original Paola definitely was cheating on him. But this Paola, which is really Paulina, isn't. But he still doesn't trust her. And he's all like, oh, I need certain things as a man to be be interested in you, and I don't like this Paola, you're so different. And he starts cheating on her with Hema, his distant cousin who is all over him, and he starts to seek comfort from her. So basically, uh, as I mentioned last week's episode, Paulina's whole excuse to get out of being intimate with Carlos Daniel is being like, this is, These are my doctor's orders, and we cannot have any intimacy together. But then Carlos Daniel starts to get really frustrated, and at the peak of his disagreements with Paulina, he then starts to go to Hema to get intimacy from Hema. And he again, he's also always making out with Hema in front of Paulina. But then when people bring up that Paulina or Paola might be cheating on him, he grows furious, and he's like... I would not be able to handle that. I do not deserve to be cheated. How dare she? And it's literally like, but you're cheating on her. And I'm not saying that, you know, ojo por ojo, which basically means an eye for an eye. But it's it's so two-faced and so hip. He, he's being a complete hypocrite because him cheating is fine and justifiable because Paola isn't giving him what he needs. But then Paola cheat the not even Paola cheating, but the thought of Paola cheating is just in, inconceivable. Like, ugh, I just found myself being really frustrated by Carlos Daniel Bracho. And also, it was really annoying because in these last few episodes, all him and Paulina would ever do is argue and fight. And then Paulina, and then it wasn't even like intense arguing and fighting. It was, there were only a couple of moments where it got intense. But it was very passive aggressive and very accusatory and just any tiny little thing would trigger it. And so it was frustrating to see them just not get along for 15 episodes. And so, yeah, that being said, do not trust my childhood memory because I don't know what I saw in Carlos Daniel. And maybe he evolves and gets better as the telenovela goes on, but certainly not now. And I'm really over him as a character right now. But you know who isn't over him? Our dear Paulina. Because as I mentioned, Paulina is crazy in love with him, but her morals are keeping her away from him. Because one, he's a married man, he's married to Paola, and she's not Paola. And so the most she ever lets him do is kiss her, and that's about it. And she contemplates being intimate with him but every time she stops herself because she's like it's not morally right and I agree with her because yeah because she's not the person that he thinks she is so it would definitely be like super super what I don't even know what the word is but it's just not morally right for her to be intimate with him while she 
while he thinks that she's someone else. It kind of reminds me of that Netflix movie. I don't know if y'all ever saw it. Sierra Burgess, Burgess, or however you pronounce it, is a loser. In that movie, the main character catfishes Noah Centineo's character. And then there's a moment where she kisses him, but he doesn't know that it's her because he thinks it's the girl that he's been messaging. And that's totally, totally not cool and not okay. And I'm getting that same vibe from this whole scenario, which is which is why I agree with Paola and her being distant. But of course, it's going to cause all this tension with Carlos Daniel. And that tension only escalates further when our dear little child Carlitos gets into an accident. And then that's when all hell breaks loose. So, Carlitos has been struggling with his behavioral problems and Carlos Daniel always blames his mother because he's like, when I married his mother, I knew that she was a weak and sickly woman and that there was a possibility that she would transfer her sickness and weakness into my child, but this is unbearable. So basically, he's a kid and he has fits and he has trouble adjusting, like he's a child, but to everyone else, this is a big problem and everyone's like he's a malcriado no one knows how to control him and everything and so paulina takes him to see a specialist and the specialist is like he's fine he really just has a behavioral issue and that's fixed with discipline and routine and eating well and exercising and then so paulina is like okay we're gonna do that and then she also takes him out of his old school where he was being bullied and puts him into a new school. And in the new school, Carlitos starts to fit in and he's making all these friends. And one of his friends invites him to go ride horses at his family's farm. So then Carlitos goes home and is really excited because when he has friends and he wants to go ride horses and he asks Paulina and Carlos Daniel if they let him go. And they're like, yeah, we'll let you go. Like, this is great. Our kid finally has friends. But then Fidelina, who's the caregiver of these kids, is like, no, I don't have a good feeling in my heart if he goes. Like, we can't let him run a wild. Uh, he's a child. And I agree with both sides on this because, one, I do think that Carlitos should have been allowed to go. But I don't think he should have gone alone. And maybe that's just my overprotective parent side coming out. And I'm not a parent, but I already know that I'm going to be very, very overprotective. But yeah, like you're going to send your child with these strangers to a farm. Like I would at least have sent Fidelina with him or sent someone with him if like, you know, if I myself as a parent can't go. But no, they just let Carlitos go. And of course, Carlitos being a child. And so him and his friend are hanging around when they come across the horses. And then Carlitos is like, I'm going to ride that horse. And his friend is like, no, Carlitos, you can't do that. The horse isn't even mounted with a saddle. And Carlitos is like, no, I'm going to ride the horse. And his friend is like, Carlitos, you don't know how to ride a horse. And then Carlitos is just throwing a fit. So then he decides that he's going to ride this horse and gets on top of the horse and is immediately thrown off the horse. And this scene kind of reminded me of the Gone with the Wind scene where I forget the name, but the kid gets on a horse and is riding it and gets thrown off and then she dies. But Carlitos doesn't die. 
but he does get very seriously injured. So he is airlifted to the hospital where Paulina and, and Carlos Daniel are called and are told your son is in the hospital. They rush over and they're like, we're going to have to do surgery on his leg. And everyone's really worried. And then everyone starts to blame Paulina. And they're like, it's your fault. You let him go. And Carlos Daniel is like, you made me let him go. So this is all your fault. And then Paulina, being a poor little martyr, is like, this is all my fault. It's my fault. I should never have left him go. And she, like, really blames herself. And it doesn't help that also everyone's blaming her. So then Carlitos gets out of the surgery fine, and it looks like he's going to make a good recovery. But then this is again where tensions are running really high between Paulina and Carlos Daniel to the point where he basically sends her home from the hospital and is like, these are my kids, I'm their father, and you're not their real mother, so go home. And Paulina does, and she leaves. And then when Carlitos wakes up and he doesn't see his mom, he starts throwing a fit, and he's like, I need my mom, I need my mom. And then Estefania, his aunt, who's there, and she's like not really the most maternal person in the world and she's just like well she's not here so you're gonna have to get over it and Carlitos starts throwing a fit and he decides to jump out of bed and when he jumps out of bed he lands on his broken leg and is in severe pain immediately and so he starts crying the nurses gets called and they all say oh no like he was fine and he was on the road to recovery but now him falling on this leg It's made everything worse. We have to get him into surgery immediately. And meanwhile, they can't track the doctor. So Carlitos is just in intense and excruciating pain. And he's just crying. And then Paulina calls when she gets home. And she's like, how's how's Carlitos? And everyone's like, well, he ain't good. And then so Paulina rushes her way back to the hospital. And is like, I never should have left. And then so everyone's trying to track down to the doctor who went home and no one can find him. Everyone's biggest problem is they just don't ask. So then she goes around and finds the nurse and is like, what's taking so long? Where is the doctor? And she's like, oh, well, I called, but they were like, he's not there. And then she's just like, well, did you ask them where he was? And the nurse is like, oh, no. And then so Paulina takes a phone and she hunts down the doctor and is able to get the doctor to come back to the hospital and operate on Carlitos. And he does. And then the surgery turns out fine. However, the big thing is that Carlitos will not be able to walk immediately and he's going to have to use crutches which to everyone is like the worst thing that could ever happen. Everyone's like, oh no, our son is going to be disabled, which again just shows you how people think of disabled people as less than. And so everyone's just making this way over the top. And Carlitos himself, when he finds out that he's going to need crutches, he starts crying and is like, I'm never going to use them. I'd rather die. (sighs) So yeah. Carlitos is crying, Paulina is able to convince him to finally use the crutches, and that whole thing gets resolved. And then while this is all happening, as I mentioned earlier, the fabrica, things are running smoothly now, and because it's running smoothly, they need more manpower, and so they hired a bunch of women to be packagers, and they also got all the bracho people to start working at the factory, including Estefania and Willie, who are, you know... (laughs) they're they're toxic they suck and so they're on very much thin ice and then Willie starts to 
put his eyes on one of the new employees and starts to flirt with her, which just makes Estefania lose it. And y'all. So throughout this telenovela, I mentioned that Estefania, when she was first introduced, I thought she was like a nun or something because she dressed in super long black dresses and she just did not look good at all. She had this very plain appearance. And and everyone blames her for her husband cheating on her. Everyone's like, Estefania, if you only dress better, if you were more pleasant, if you were able to seduce him, then he wouldn't go trying to find love elsewhere. So I don't like Estefania. I think she's a horrible human being and she's super like, she's just like not a pleasant human being or character. But also, it's not her fault that her husband is going off and cheating on her. But this telenovela is very much, I don't know, patriarchal? I don't know what the word is. But basically, all the men are right and the women are wrong. And then a woman's place is to be in the kitchen and be a homemaker. And that is how things are. And that is the world of this telenovela. And also, I assume, what the 90s were like for a lot of people in Mexico. And so, yeah. So we see a lot of societal values of the 90s reflected in this telenovela, especially how they treat poor Estefania. They're like, it's your fault, and if you just dress better. And again, it's going to the whole notion that women and women's appearance only serves to please the male gaze, which is so antiquated and so wrong. And I guess I was just really frustrated through these episodes because this telenovela, I don't think, I think certain parts are definitely classic and iconic, especially just like Paola Bracho as a character. But then there's a lot of things like this where I'm like, oh no, this did not age well at all. And then so everyone starts putting this idea in Estefania's head that It's her fault, and if she just tried a little harder, her husband would come back to her, and also that she should try to get pregnant and give him a son so that she can truly win him back. And I don't think I have to tell you all how wrong every single one of these things is. But guess what? That's exactly what she does. And so she she's like, okay, like, the idea starts to simmer in her. And then Paulina talks to her and is like, why don't you just do a makeover? Just do a makeover. Go to the hair salon, buy yourself new clothes, and just see how that works out. So then during a big family dinner, Estefania rolls up with her new look. And all of a sudden, her husband, Willie, is in love with her again and is like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that's my wife. And then everyone's like, oh my God, Estefania is beautiful all of a sudden. And everyone's like, oh my God, Estefania, you are worth something now because you're beautiful. Ugh, and it just upset me and I hated seeing the scene play out, but that's how it plays out. And all of a sudden, Estefania has won her man back and he's like, I'm not going to cheat on you anymore. Not as long as you look like this. And let's go make a baby. So these horrible people who should not be together, are about to try to have a kid. And that's what happens with the, with those two. And along the same time that Estefania gets her makeover, Carlos Daniel's old assistant quits, and he hires a new one. 
And we have a new character named Veronica, played by Adriana Fonseca, a beautiful woman. And immediately, Carlos Daniel is smitten by her. And he's like, wow, she's beautiful. And he starts to kind of flirt with her a little bit. Not openly flirting, but definitely like talking to her in a very soft voice and trying to like learn more about her and he makes all these comments about how she's beautiful and he has no idea why she's divorced because no man would ever divorce her and it's just mm, it's cringy I didn't like it but yeah she's Carlos Daniel's new love interest and because things are rough with Paulina he's definitely looking for other people and he's very much on the verge of getting a divorce with Paulina and the only reason he hasn't gotten a divorce is because her kids all love her so much. And so Paulina is really sad because again, she she can't be with him morally, but also he's not in love with her. He's in love with Paola Bracho and that's not her. And remember when I said that Paulina believed that Paola was dead? Well, Paola makes her way back to Mexico and she makes her way to Acapulco. And while in Acapulco, we see that time has passed and the one year is almost up and we're nearing the end of the term. And so she sends Paulina a telegram and is like, you know, I might come back closer than you think. And so Paulina realizes that Paola isn't dead. But then she also realizes that Paola is in Acapulco when she's going over her, her bank statements and realizes that Paola is closer than ever. And so she starts to get worried that Paola is going to come back and reclaim her rightful life sooner than ever. And while this is happening, she kind of starts to also, she starts to open up more to people and kind of hint that she's not the real Paola Bracho. And she starts to say all these things like, someday I'm not going to be here. Someday I'm going to be gone. And people start to take this. And some people are like, it's almost like she's not the real Paola Bracho. And then there's people like Carlos Daniel who are like, no, no, she's just saying that because she's planning on leaving me and she's planning on getting a divorce. And then we have people like Abuela Piedad who have figured it out. That's right. Abuela Piedad knows that Paulina isn't the real Paola Bracho, but she's holding on to the secret and not telling anyone because she sees all the good Paulinas bringing into the household and everything. But the pressure of not being the real Paola and just knowing that Paola could come back at any moment is really building up and, and really affecting Paulina. She's having all these nightmares. And so we end episode 25 with Paulina going back to the painter who was one of Paola's lovers and telling him, remember when you said I wasn't acting like the old Paola? That's because you're right. I'm not Paola Bracho. I'm la usurpadora. And that is how the episode ends. So now, I when I first started watching or re-watching this telenovela, I really thought that we were going to go like 90 episodes without Paulina or anyone finding out that Paulina was la usurpadora. But now I think that Paola is going to come back much sooner than later. And I think that by next episode, we're going we're gonna to see people knowing the truth that Paulina isn't Paola. And so I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited to see how the story unfolds. And also, 
I'm really excited, most of all, to get Paola and Paulina back in the same room and seeing their interactions, because I think so far that's the most interesting thing about the telenovela, especially with a lot of the things being so antiquated and old school. But that's just my own personal opinion. Let me know what you all think. Let me know if you're watching this telenovela. And that is where we're going to end this episode. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And let me know what you think. Am I being crazy or is this totally antiquated? And is Carlos Daniel the worst male protagonist ever? Let me know. And as always, I will see you all again next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.